right, good morning. Oh, wow, that was, that left something to be wanted. Merry Christmas. There we go. Um, well, we're starting a new series today called Fear Not. Over and over in the Christmas story, we see this phrase, fear not or do not be afraid, as the angel appeared to Zechariah in the temple to tell him that his wife Elizabeth would be having a child, as, as the angel appeared to Mary, as we'll see today, to tell her that she would be giving birth to a child. And the angel appeared to Joseph in the book of Matthew. The angels appeared to the shepherds out in the fields, abiding, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And every time they said, fear not, do not be afraid. And we see that in the Christmas story, but we see it throughout scripture. Um, how many of you use the YouVersion Bible app? Anybody use the YouVersion Bible app? Yeah. So this year, the most popular verse on the YouVersion Bible app um, is out of the Old Testament. It says, do not be afraid. The Lord your God is with you. Do not be dismayed. Do not be afraid. We live in an age of fear, right? And, and it's good to be reminded that we don't have to be afraid. And so we're going to look at some truths this morning out of the story of, of Mary and how she responded um, to see that, that, that God has, has a solution for our problem, and the problem is fear, so I, I, was, I was looking this week at, you know, stories about fear and, and illustrations about fear. And there, we've all heard of phobias. There are clinical phobias. Agoraphobia is the fear of leaving the house. There is a, there is a fear called phobophobia, which literally means the fear of being afraid. Uh, there's all kinds of fears. There's these clinically diagnosed phobias that exist. There's, there, it's, it's infinite if you, it just, the list goes on and on and they have really weird names. That's why I'm not telling you the names because I couldn't pronounce most of them. Um, but there's fears of spiders and fear of dogs and fears of rats and fears of balloons, right, Corey? <laughs> fear of loud noises, fear of wide open spaces, all of these fears. And those are, those, those, you know, some of us, some of us probably experience those kind of, maybe they're, they're called irrational fears. Sometimes we experience those things and, and maybe we're a little bit embarrassed about those fears, but, but we also know there are much deeper fears in life. Uh, the word existential fear is a, is a word that's used to, to talk about the big questions of life, the deep things of life, the deep problems of life, the deep burdens of life that bring fear. I was reading kind of a cute story about fear. You know, there's dad jokes and then there's preacher jokes, and I don't know which is worse, but I'm going to give you a preacher joke this morning, okay? So there was this little boy, he was really afraid of the dark, terrified of the dark. And uh, he was at home and his mom asked him to go out into the garage to get the broom uh, to, so he could sweep up the kitchen. And there was no light between the house and the garage, and he didn't want to go outside. He was really scared. And he said, Mom, I don't want to go out there and get the broom. I'm scared of the dark. You know that. And who knows what's out there hiding in the dark in the garage? And his mom said, it's okay, honey. Jesus is, is, is there. And, and Jesus is with you, and he'll help you when you're afraid. He said, yeah, but I still don't want to go in the dark. She said, no, you, you can trust Jesus. He'll help you when you're afraid. And 
So he got brave and he went and opened the door and he looked outside and he said, Jesus, if you're out there, would you please bring me the broom? That's a preacher joke. Uh, kind of funny, but kind of mostly sympathy laughing, but that's okay, you get the point. We're talking about fear this morning. The real root of fear in our lives is the fact that we are finite creatures. Uh, philosophers call it the problem of finitude. In other words, that we are finite. We, we don't have control over things. We don't have control over situations in our life. We exist in time. We only have a certain amount of time. Each of us will live and we will die. The statistics on death are pretty certain, right? In fact, as soon as you're born, you're old enough to die. And that's a sad reality. We live in time, we, we exist in time, we are limited by time. And all of us fear getting older, we fear, you know, going gray, we fear our health declining, our strength failing us. You get older and parts of your body start to hurt that never hurt before because we're limited by time. We only have a certain amount of time and, and throughout time we deteriorate. We try to hold on and make the most of it. We, we go through midlife crisis and, and get sports cars and, and all kinds of, uh, you know, we, we dye our hair, we get plastic surgery, we do all the things to try to increase our time. We, we, we concern ourselves with health and fitness so that we can have more time because the truth is that time is limited for all of us and it causes this fear in our life, this fear. We are people who are limited by space. If you're in this room, you cannot be anywhere else. Unless some of you are watching the World Cup on your phone or something, you know. We do have phones now so we can kind of stay connected, but, but right, we're limited by space. If you're here, you can't be there, and that causes the fear of missing out, FOMO. Anybody heard that term? Right, if I say yes to this, then I have to say no to this. And we fear that we're gonna miss out on something by showing up somewhere else, and we wanna try to be more than one place at one time, and we stretch ourselves thin because we want to try to do it all and we try to multitask, but the truth is we're limited by space. We can only exist in one place at one time. That means we're going to have to miss out on something else and we, and we worry about it and we fret about it and we think and we lay awake at night thinking, should I do this or should I do that? Because we're limited by time, we're limited by space. Another big question in life is the why. Why am I here? Why do I exist? It's called the problem of causality. We have been caused, right? We all have a cause. We have parents that gave birth to us and they had parents and they had parents and they had parents. And we're here, but we didn't have anything to do with our own getting here. And we wonder sometimes, why am I here? What does it all mean? For those of us who are people of faith and people of the word, we, we, we have answers for those questions, but you're just surveying the world, so many people are afraid of the big whys, the big questions of life. What does this life mean? Why do I exist? Do I have purpose? Do I have meaning? 
The last problem is, is the problem of substance. We are physical beings. We are physical creatures. We feel pain. We, we, we can only do what we can do. Some of us wanted to be professional athletes, but our bodies cannot do certain things. We're limited by our intellect. We're, we're limited by our physical strength. We're limited by the, the fact that we are physical beings inhabiting a physical body. We, we, are, we are physical. And, and we want our bodies to look a certain way. We're afraid that we don't measure up to the standards of beauty, the standards of, you know, that are all around us that we see. And these are these deep questions of fear. This goes beyond fear of spiders and, you know, fear of loud noises. These are the fears that, that cause us to be anxious and cause us to worry and, and cause us to lose sleep at night, cause us to act out in ways that, that don't make any sense because we're trying to hang on to something that we don't have control of. It's the problem of finitude. We are finite creatures, and that reality is scary. So as we think about these realities, we, we look at this story in Luke chapter 1 where Gabriel appears to Mary and he gives her this incredible news. So I'm going to read out of Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26, and I'm going to read through verse 38, then we'll pray and we'll look at some principles from the scripture. And as we close the message today, we're going to have a time of, of specific, focused, and guided prayer. It's the first Sunday of the month, and every first Sunday we try to have a special emphasis on prayer and our service together. And so we're going to do that. So as I wrap up the message, we're still going to spend some time praying together through what we learn in this passage. So let me read for you out of Luke 1, verse 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Consider your relative Elizabeth, even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless, for nothing will be impossible with God. See, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Let me pray. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is truth. And even as we read this specific story about a specific girl in a specific town, 
who the angel literally and truly appeared to her. God, I, I believe you have truths for us to learn from this story today about our fear, about the things that trouble us, about the reality that you have an answer for those things. And, and God, you call us to respond. And so, God, I pray that you would speak to us through your word today. I pray that you would encourage us by your word today, that you would challenge us by your word today, that you would draw us closer to you, to your truth and who you are. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So the angel appears to Mary and gives her some pretty big news. That, that's scary news, guys. This young woman who was engaged to be married, who was not yet married, this angel shows up and tells her she is about to have a baby. Of course, she says, hold on a minute, I know how it works, and that hasn't happened yet. And the angel says, no, 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 this is not like anything you've ever heard of before. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, God prophesied that the virgin would give birth and that child would be Emmanuel, God with us. And now, Mary, this is the fulfillment of that promise. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Almighty will overshadow you, and you will give birth to a son. He will be the son of the Most High. That's scary news. That's terrifying I mean, what's she going to say to her fiance, <laughs> Joseph? What's she going to say to the people in town? What does it mean to give birth to the Son of God? How, how is that going to work? There are lots of scary questions. And the, answer, the angel's response to her is, do not be afraid because you have found favor with God. Do not be afraid because you have found favor with God. And so what I want us to see this morning is that we don't have to fear when we have God's favor. We don't have to fear when we have God's favor. That's the, that's the middle of this verse. Don't be afraid. You found favor with God. The middle of this passage, and we're going to look at the rest of it. But this morning, we don't have to fear when we have God's favor. And so we're going to look at, at these principles this morning. But we need to have a proper understanding of what God's favor means. Well, Romans 8.31, you've heard this verse before if you've been in church for any amount of time. It says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Right? If God is for us, who can be against us? If we have God's favor, we don't need to be afraid because God is for us. He is with us. We looked at these deep fears of life, right? The fear of, the fear of uh, existing in time. We only have a limited amount of time. We exist in space. We can only be one place at one time. The, the, the fear of wondering why, what, what, why do we exist? Why does, does our life have any meaning? The, the fear of our, our physical limitations. We can only do what we can do. We, we don't, we're not strong enough. We're not beautiful enough. We're, we're limited. We're not smart enough. But as we think about God's favor, the, the, the answer to all of our deepest fears exists within God. 
He is not limited by time. Scripture tells us that he is eternal. He has always existed. Nothing came before him. He is the cause of everything. He is eternal. He is omnipresent. He is not limited by space the way we are limited by space. Psalm 139, David writes and he says, if I go to the east, you're there. If I go to the west, you're there. If I go to the mountains, you're there. If I go to the depths of the sea, you're there. If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go uh, to, to Sheol, that's a word for hell or the place of death, you're there. You're all around me. You hem me in. You're in front of me. You're behind me. You're beside me. You're everywhere because God is not limited by space. He's omnipresent. He is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. We're limited by physical restrictions, by intellectual restrictions, but not God. We might ask ourselves, why do we exist? Why am I here? But God is the uncaused cause. He, he knows what he's about. <laughs> Has it ever occurred to you that God has never been afraid? I mean, fear is such a present reality in all of our lives. But we serve a God who has never been afraid. He's never been worried. He's never thought, man, I wonder how this is going to work out. And the angel told Mary, you have God's favor. The God who is omnipotent, omnipresent, eternal. You have his favor, Mary, so you don't have to be afraid. All throughout Scripture in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, we see this idea of God's favor being poured out on people. We see it in the, in the heroes of the faith in the Old Testament. Noah and Noah and his three sons and his family, remember they built an ark and saved humanity from the flood. Scripture tells us that Noah found favor with God. Abraham was the father of faith. He is the one that God called out to separate a people for himself, the people who would one day be called the nation of Israel. Scripture tells us that Abraham found favor with God. There was a young man named Joseph. He was a descendant of Abraham. His brothers sold him into slavery in the land of Egypt. He suffered, but God had a plan for his life. And scripture tells us that Joseph found favor in God's sight. Moses, the one who led the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt, scripture tells us that Moses found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Over and over in the Old Testament, we see people who found favor with God. In the New Testament, we see people who receive God's favor and blessing. But what is God's favor? Well, we talk about favor a lot kind of today in, 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 in church culture, you know, in, in, in social media, you know, hashtag favor ain't fair. Anybody ever heard that, seen that? Hashtag blessed and highly favored. We talk about favor, and sometimes favor just sounds like a charm to life. Sometimes favor uh, seems like people teach that favor is, is, 
all the material possessions you could want, a new house and a new car, and, but that's not what favor is. This morning, first we need to see that favor doesn't make our problems disappear. Favor does not make our problems disappear. Mary was highly favored. The angel first, he said, greetings, highly favored woman. And she said, what is this? She was deeply troubled. And then he says, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. But Mary's problems did not go away. She was still an unmarried pregnant young lady. She still had to tell her fiance what was going on. And in the book of Matthew, it tells us that, that Joseph, when he got the news, his, his first inclination was to just put her away quietly, Scripture says. He didn't want to embarrass her publicly, but he wasn't going to marry this girl. Then an angel appeared to Joseph and set the record straight, but what did the people in the town think? We know from history that there was a rumor going around about who the father of Jesus was. Uh, Jewish writers wrote and, and, and they said, no, Jesus was not the son of God. He was the son of this guy named Tiberius Pantera. He was a Roman soldier and he had his way with Mary and that's how she got pregnant and all that other stuff. People just made that up later. People were spreading rumors about Mary, pointing at her. Then she had to give birth and they had to go to Bethlehem on a, on a trip for the census. She was very pregnant. That had to be a scary trip. Any moment the baby could come and they get there, there's no place to stay. That was scary. The baby was born in a stable, laid in a manger, a feeding trough. Then this angel shows up and says, hey, you got to get out of here. The king wants to kill this baby. Y'all got to get down to Egypt. That's scary. Can you imagine being the mother of the Son of God? I mean, parenting is scary, period. Like, am I going to mess this kid up? But what if, like, that's some pressure. If you knew that your child would one day be the future president, like, you would have an extra sense of pressure, right? I got to make sure they do everything right. And scripture seems to indicate that Mary's husband, Joseph, certainly died before Jesus' public ministry began. She had to watch her son grow in his ministry, and as he grew in his ministry, um, he became a little bit more distant from her. Scripture tells us that she showed up one day to, to try to talk to him, and, and Jesus was teaching, and he said, These are, this is my family now. And then she had to watch her son wrongly accused, arrested, beaten, mocked, crucified. She was there at the foot of the cross, Scripture tells us, watching it all happen. But she had found favor with God. So what about all these problems? What about all these challenges? <laughs> they do not negate the reality that she had found favor with God. And in our own lives, when we experience God's favor, it doesn't mean our problems are gonna go away. It doesn't mean everything's gonna be easy. Mary never became rich, she never became wealthy. It was scary. Here's the other 
truth about God's favor. It's not earned. God's favor is not earned. So this word favor um, is the same word as grace. The Greek word for favor is charis, charis. That, that word is also translated grace. And, and we talk about God's grace a lot. We sing about God's grace, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. We, we talk about God's grace, but, but favor and grace are the same word. In this story, the translators chose to, to translate the word as favor, but it's the same as God's grace. And, and I think for a lot of us, we, we have a, a different understanding of grace. We understand that grace is undeserved and unearned because that's how we talk about grace. It's God's undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor and blessing in our lives. And that's what God's favor is also. It's undeserved, it's unearned, it's unmerited. He, he gives it because he is good. Mary didn't do anything to earn God's favor. She was a pretty ordinary young lady. She lived in this town called Nazareth, which was an unimportant place. One of the disciples of Jesus, when he heard that Jesus was from Nazareth, he said, does anything good ever come from Nazareth? Because it was just this kind of backwoods town in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't on the lake or on the river, it wasn't in the valley, it was kind of up on this hill and there was no real good source for water, they didn't really grow anything, it was just this dumpy town. That's where Mary was from. There's nothing special about her. She wasn't wealthy, she was going to marry this guy Joseph who was a carpenter. She was just an insignificant girl from an insignificant place. Like the rest of us. But somehow God decided that he was gonna pour out his favor on this young lady, Mary. In our own lives, God's grace in our lives is not something we earn, it's not something we deserve, it's not something we work for, it's poured out. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9, the Apostle Paul, I think this one verse gives us a good concise understanding of grace or favor. Paul says, he has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, right? We didn't work for it, but according to his own purpose and grace. And this grace was given to us in Jesus Christ before time began. In other words, God had set this plan in motion before time began. Before we were born, we didn't work for it. We didn't earn it. God and his grace had a plan, not because of our works, but because of his grace before time began. God's favor, it doesn't make our problems disappear. It's not earned by our good works. But we do see that Mary responds to God's favor in faith. And God's favor in our life requires faith. God calls us to faith. Mary's response to this angel's news was, I am the Lord's servant, and may it be just as you have said. I am the Lord's servant, may it be just as you have said. 
God can use us any way he wants. He can use us willingly or unwillingly. You know, Pharaoh and Moses were both used by God. One of them was a willing participant and one of them was not. When we're participating with God in faith, we experience his favor and his grace, his blessing in our life. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Since the one who draws near to him, that is to God, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. This verse in Hebrews 11 verse 6 appears in Hebrews chapter 11, and that chapter in the Bible is many times called the Hall of Faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, it, it lists all of these characters, all of these heroes of the faith. It talks about how they trusted God, how they believed God, how they had faith. It talks about Abraham, and it talks about Moses. It talks about Deborah, one of the Old Testament judges who for a season led God's people. Talks about Abel who made a sacrifice to God. Said that all of these were approved by their faith. Without faith it is impossible to please God. Since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists, that he rewards those who seek him. And, and now we see God through an angel coming and giving Mary this message. The angel says, don't be afraid, you found favor with God, and Mary responds in faith. It's still scary, right? The situation is difficult. Her problems didn't go away, but she said, I am the Lord's servant, may it be just as you have said. Hebrews chapter 11 continues the last two verses. I love these last two verses of Hebrews chapter 11. So all of these heroes of the faith, and if you want to read that chapter this week for homework, you can do that, Hebrews chapter 11. But it ends like this. All of these, all of these individuals were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised. All of these were approved by their faith, but they did not receive what was promised. They had faith, they trusted, but they did not receive what was promised. But it continues, since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. You see, the promise, the promise is Jesus Christ. And, and I love the story of Mary because it's the, it's the linchpin that connects the Old Testament and the New Testament. The promise is that all of these heroes of the faith in Hebrews chapter 11 saw and looked toward, towards and received was the promise of the one who would come, the one who would ultimately bring favor with God. That is Jesus Christ. 
And now we are joined together with Mary and we are joined together with the heroes of the faith in the Old Testament and the New Testament and we have received God's favor. We have received God's favor through Jesus Christ, not our works, not our effort. Doesn't make all of our problems disappear, but we have found favor with God. The angel appeared to Mary and told her she would give birth to a son. He would be the son of the Most High. His name would be Jesus. And it is through Jesus Christ that we ultimately and finally experience God's favor. We're limited by time. Life is temporary, but through Jesus Christ, Scripture says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We don't have to be afraid of death. We don't have to be afraid of the brevity of life because we have a savior who has brought favor with God. He is omnipotent, he is all powerful. And because of Jesus Christ, we don't have to be afraid of our limitations because we have all that we need in him. He has not given us a spirit of fear, scripture says, but of power and of love of a sound mind. He has given us all that we need for every spiritual blessing. We don't have to wonder about the meaning of life, whether our life has purpose or not, because in him we have purpose and hope and peace and calling. Jesus Christ, who was co-equal with God, omnipotent, omnipresent, eternal. He left heaven and came to earth to be present with us. And now, Scripture tells us that the place where he dwells is at the right hand of the Father. And he has chosen to be present because of the Father's will at the right hand of the Father where, Scripture says, he ever lives to make intercession for us. That means he is pleading our case before the Father. So we don't have to be afraid. We are limited, we are finite, but we serve a God who is bigger and stronger and mightier and wiser Scripture calls him immortal, invisible, God only wise. There is no one like him. There is none beside him. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. We don't have to be afraid because we have found favor with God. That favor came through the person of Jesus Christ, born in a manger. And like Mary, we are called to respond this morning. We are called to respond this morning in faith. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me just as you have said. And so this morning, here's what I want us to do. We're gonna have a time of prayer. We're gonna have four specific prayer prompts on the screen. 
And we're just going to take a few minutes and pray through each of these. The first one is this, God, I am troubled by, and you fill in the blank right there where you're at. Mary was deeply troubled by this greeting, wondering what in the world could this mean? Maybe there's a situation, a circumstance, something going on in your life, and you're wondering what in the world does this mean? And this morning, you can just tell the Lord, God, I'm troubled by. So right now, or just right where you're at, whoever you are in this room, I just want you to take a minute and pray and just tell the Lord what's going on. Let's do that. God, there are so many things in our lives from a human perspective that cause fear. They're real challenges. They're not just silly phobias. But God, we've got real questions pains and hurts, fears, and this morning I thank you that we can come to you with those things, that you listen, that you hear, and that you respond. And so, Lord, as we come to you now and just just tell you about the things that we're struggling with, about the things that are troubling us, causing fear. Lord, I thank you that you hear us this morning. In Jesus' name. Mary was deeply troubled, and the angel answered her and said, don't be afraid, Mary, because you have found favor with God. That is God's grace. So I want us to take just a minute, and I want us to thank God for his grace in our lives. Maybe you just wanna thank God for salvation this morning. Maybe you wanna thank God for good blessings and gifts in your life. Maybe you've come to a place and you just wanna thank God for a season that he brought you through and that he grew you through. 
this right now, let's just take a minute and, and thank God for his grace throughout our lives. thank you for your grace this morning, for your favor this morning. The ultimate expression of that is Jesus Christ. The eternal Son of God, the Word who put on flesh and made his dwelling among us, the one who was the light of all men. the one who shined in the darkness. The one who was rejected by his own. But for those who have received him this morning, through your grace and favor in Jesus Christ, you have given us the right to be called the sons and daughters of God. And so we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your favor. And the ups and downs, the good and the bad, you're with us. In Jesus' name. The next prayer prompt is the hardest one. Because it's where we say, God, I surrender. I surrender blank to you. Maybe it's the fear you prayed about earlier, the thing that's troubling you. Surrender it to him. Mary's response was, I am the Lord's servant. A servant submits to the master. And so we can pray along with Mary, Lord, I am your servant. I surrender to you. So just take a minute, just pray.
prayer of surrender, or alternatively, (laughs) maybe you just need to pray a prayer of God, help me to surrender. Let's pray. surrenders hard for us. The truth is there is so much freedom and surrender. We don't have to fight. We don't have to strive. We can rest in you. So Lord, help us to surrender those things in our life that trouble us, that those fears, those difficulties us to surrender them to you this morning then the last prayer is this God help me to trust your plan Mary said I am the Lord's servant may it be just as you have said whatever your plan is God let it be I want what you want So this morning, let's just pray a prayer. God, help me to trust your plan, that your plan is good, that you really are working all things together for the good of those who love you, who are called according to your purpose, that you are trustworthy. So let's just pray. God, help me to trust your plan. Help us to respond in faith to all those things that trouble us, those fears. Just to respond like Mary, let it be just as you have said. Help us to trust you, to trust your working, to trust your plan. 
And as we sang earlier, even when we don't see it, you're working. Even when we don't feel it, when we don't sense, sense it, God, you're working. You never stop. So Lord, thank you that even now you are working on our behalf for your glory, that you are working all things together for good. So Lord, help us to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand up. We're just going to sing a response. If you want to continue to pray right where you're sitting, you can do that. If you want to come forward and pray, you can do that. Let's trust him and respond in faith this morning.